Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word, for the power of your spirit. We thank you that we're not alone uh, because you live on the inside of us, that when Jesus left, that he left so that your spirit could come and live on the inside of us. We look to him now uh, to lead us, guide us, teach us, show us things uh, that we don't even see, that we don't even know. Thank you that you are the revealer of truth. We yield to the Holy Spirit now, and we look forward to a wonderful uh, time studying your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, but before we get started in our uh, study tonight, I wanted to read to you 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, and I wanted to read verse just verse 5, I believe. And that is, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Isn't that interesting? Uh, well, okay, so I said I'm not going to read more, but I'll have to at least paraphrase more. He's talking there in the context about the, the Macedonian believers and their giving, their extraordinary giving that just doesn't make sense to the natural way of thinking because uh, they gave uh, and in a situation where they had great poverty and great affliction, yet they gave full of joy. And Paul's teaching us here that they did that by entering into the grace of giving and receiving. He said at the beginning, verse one there, I don't want you to be ignorant of the grace of God that was given to the churches of Macedonia. And then that grace given enabled them in a situation, naturally speaking, where they had great adversity and deep poverty to give full of joy. And so uh, if you think you're going to do that on your own, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> because uh, if you try to do it on your own, you may have some real good discipline for a while. But deep down in the core of your being, uh, you won't have that stability that you need and the knowing that you need that only comes from hearing what God has said about it. So you can have, uh, you know, an anchor that goes so deep that you can't be moved no matter the financial storm that comes or other storms, other adversities that may come. So he said, uh, in verse 5, they did this not as we had hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. So I believe one of the greatest keys uh, to giving and entering into the grace of giving, in other words, the gift of God in giving and entering into that place of grace is by, first of all, giving yourself to the Lord. I know in my own life, that was probably the greatest key is I'm like, okay, uh, either I believe the word or I don't believe the word. And so, of course, you know, being a believer, I'm like, well, I believe the word, even if I don't feel like I believe the word. So uh, even if it doesn't feel like it works for me, so as I began to study and receive in my heart, in my spirit, uh, the things that the word says concerning giving and receiving, uh, my spirit began to, you know, rejoice. And I had, had a witness. That's right. Even though my head would say, well, but how's that going to work? You know, how, how does how does that add up? <laughs> you know, if you're tithing and giving, how are you going to have enough to meet your needs? But then through receiving what God said in his word, uh, I came to realize, sorry about bouncing there. I came to realize um in my spirit, it became more real to me that, wait a second, when I do it God's way, I get God's results. And so in other words, he has sworn to make it come to pass because he's not a liar and he watches over his word to perform it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm trying to get something from him, but I'm not, uh, 
obeying his word or lining up with his word, how can I expect his blessing to be on it? Because his blessing is on his word. Yeah. And so, but if I act in his word, then I'm guaranteed that his blessing is on it. And so if I act in faith, so he said, they did this by first of all, giving themselves to the Lord. So uh, I gave myself to the Lord. I said, okay, Lord, uh, you know what? Uh, I could go broke, you know, doing this if I do it without you, but I choose to believe you and I believe you more than uh, these thoughts. And so I'm just going to trust you. So I, 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 of course, was a tither and then I began to sow extra seed and, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but the Lord multiplied our seed sown and he always takes care of us. Uh, sometimes you're kind of like, um, do you know what time it is, Lord? <laughs> you know, do you know what day it is? Uh, but man, uh, in the middle of those, sometimes the thoughts can bombard you so much that you're like, oh my, what is going on? Am I going to keep trusting God? But if you just keep the switch of faith turned on, so to speak, you stay connected to what you say. No, this is what God said. He said he would multiply my seed sown. I don't care what the circumstances come. I don't care what it looks like because I believe what he said. Well, when you give like that, man, you're given with a tenacity of faith. And it is awesome because it kind of busts out uh, the power of your flesh and the power of reason. And you're like, you know what? Because why? You're acting in faith. And it seems like Wigglesworth said, Smith Wigglesworth said, it seems like God will pass over a million people just to get to one person who's acting in faith. And so it's a privilege to act in faith. Um, and it's hard on your flesh. It can be hard on your flesh if your flesh is not used to it. But you know what? It's good for your flesh to be disciplined. Paul said, I bring my body into subjection. Uh, I make it come in line. And if you haven't been uh, alive long enough to know that, you haven't been alive very long because uh, your flesh will just want to do its own thing. Uh, you know, want to eat whatever it wants to eat when it wants to eat it as much as it wants to eat it. <laughs> or your, your flesh may say like, you know, we are not exercising today. And you have to tell your flesh, no, we are exercising today. Well, you know, it's kind of a nice day today. So maybe you should do something different outside or, you know, it's kind of a cold day today. So, so, so don't, don't exercise today. Well, it's kind of rainy and wet today. It's gloomy. So, right. So you can't just go by what your flesh says. You have to go by what you have from the word of God that bodily exercise profits a little, right? <laughs> I didn't know I was going to teach on exercise. Okay. Um, but we did this or they did this by first giving themselves to the Lord. Verse five and to us by the will of God. So interesting, you know, he said there that they gave themselves to them. In other words, gave themselves to us. Paul writing that by the Holy Spirit, they gave themselves to us by the will of God. So he said this was the will of God and they gave themselves to them. How did they give themselves to them? Well, uh, one of the best ways I know is your giving represents a portion of your life, mm -hmm. of your substance. So when they sowed those seeds, they were really given of their life. You know, most people, <laughs> it's a little different right now. Normally what people do is they go to work and they get paid for going to work. 
and then they take that time they went to work like a lot of times people are hourly or then you become salaried in different cases and um, some people are on sales uh, but still it represents something of you like maybe now because if you're getting stimulus check or something like that it represents your commitment to the company or something uh, but it, it, in other words it's something that you have you could do something else with it you exchange time for it in many cases uh, you worked hard for it and so when you sow that they gave of themselves that you're giving of yourself by the will of God it's the will of God and God's will is to prosper you not to harm you to give you a hope and a future and so when we give God's way by giving ourselves first to him and then to the work of God and then to the people of God and then to the world that the, we're gonna we're gonna reach with our giving and with our our, our, um, our witness and with our speaking because witness is more than just speaking then uh, we've entered into the will of God concerning giving and receiving verse 7 therefore as you abound in all of these other things see to it that you abound in this grace also it's interesting it's a gift from God but he says make sure or see to it that you abound in this gift of God. Mm -hmm. So he has enabled us to be partake of his grace because as he humbled himself and gave, he gave us the example and really the pathway of grace to enter into that same giving and receiving that we can enter into it just like he's a giver, we're givers. If you check down in your heart, God has made you a giver. Because uh, God so loved that he gave and he put that love on the inside of you. Well, if you'd like to give tonight uh, or this week or, you know, whenever you'd like to give, whenever, it, you know, the Lord uh, quickens you, I like to give it every opportunity. Um, but as the Lord leads you tonight, uh, I want to encourage you to give. I always tithe, of course. But uh, as the Lord leads you, just follow what he's telling you to do. Uh, there's no pressure. You just you just follow him. And, uh, you know, those of you that are part of our church, you know, you're such good givers and uh, you're taking care of the church uh, excellently. And, uh, you know, the Lord multiplies your seed sown and then he takes care of you excellently. And, uh, you know, we're well able to take care of people excellently. And, uh, you know, the church sows and gives and tithes. And so uh, we wouldn't uh, even corporately uh, preach something that we didn't we didn't do. But if you'd like to give, you can uh, send a text to uh, any amount to the number eight, four, three, two, one. You can uh, click on the upper right hand side of the screen there, either on the um, whatever app you're, you're viewing this on or on the website. There's a giving link and uh, you can just just click there and fill out the information. You can also mail uh, through the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, you can mail uh, your gift to P.O. Box 135, Rectortown, Virginia, 20140. And uh, we'll get that and then uh, deposit it into the bank and uh, uh, get you a receipt for your giving, all those type of things. God bless you as you give. Let's pray over your gift. Father, we thank you that you give seed to the sower and you multiply our seed zone, that you are our source yeah. and you are our supply, that you increase us more and more, us, our children, our families. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you as you give. Uh, now, normally they would sing a song, but I'm not going to sing a song. So, praise the Lord. Let's look um, in our study guide. Uh, it's called The Guide Inside by Mark Brzee. I don't know if that's in focus. I don't have a monitor at this point, but it's not in focus. So, we'll see. It doesn't matter. It's The Guide Inside. And um, we're going to pick up where we left off last week and um, just study this for a little bit. And um, we're going to look... Uh, we left off last week uh, 
kind of at the section, about halfway in the section that uh, God won't lead through prophets. Uh, and you might say, what, God won't lead through prophets? Well, no, he, will. he doesn't lead by, by prophets. Uh, he confirms uh, through prophets, through the office of a prophet, the ministry of a prophet, but he doesn't lead through prophets. You know, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. Uh, only the prophet, priest, and king had a measure of the Spirit. Uh, either, uh, you know, uh, leading them, guiding them, giving them wisdom, different things, and, and giving them insight into the lives of people. But in the New Testament, uh, that's not the primary function of a prophet. It's really not the function of a prophet because um, Romans chapter 8, let's turn over to Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and verse 16. I think I have it marked here. There it is. Romans 8, 14 and 16, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, the spirit uh, itself or himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Uh, Proverbs 20, 27 says, for the spirit of, or it doesn't say for, but the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So God is going to lead us and guide us uh, primarily uh, by our own spirits. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, mm -hmm. searching all the inward parts of the belly. As many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Well, so the sons and the daughters of God, if you are a child of God, and the way you get to be a child of God is you're born again. So if you, has if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your savior, uh, you should expect to be led by the Spirit of God, because this is, this is what uh, the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So uh, he's endeavoring to lead you and guide you, whether you are conscious of that leading and that guidance or not. And the way you get more conscious of it is you look to your spirit, uh, your, your inward man, uh, the real you. Because if you're looking for uh, guidance outwardly through circumstances, well, you know, Ephesians says that Satan is the God of this world or this world system. Uh, so many things that happen in the world uh, are not the will of God. Uh, for instance, coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you want to label it. Uh, that's not the will of God, but Satan's the God of this world. And so, uh, you know, and sin entered the world and death by sin. And so uh, not just that, but, you know, just how different people act. And, and uh, they're not all acting according to the will of God and the love of God. Somebody said, well, why, why if, you know, there is a God, why is all this stuff happening? Because there is a God and that God is a God of love and a God of justice. And so uh, he wouldn't take away uh, man's free will to either be born again or not be born again and come into the family of God and the protection of God or, or, not, or resist that. And, um, you know, that would cease to be love. So love doesn't force, love invites, love makes every way possible. Love thinks the best, love believes the best. Love is patient, love is kind, love is tender, love is forgiving, uh, you know, love forgives and forgets. And so um, God has made a way uh, and really he has already counted it up. Your sins, your iniquities, my sins, my iniquities, and he's counted it up and weighed it against the power of the blood of Jesus and said, canceled out, all done. And so one of the greatest uh, travesties of people that end up in hell is the fact that they didn't have to be there.
because they've already been reconciled to God. Uh, but a God of love would not force them to be with him. If he, he, he lets people choose to be apart from him. And so as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not as many as are led by prophets, uh, not as many as are led by prayer, which hopefully we'll get to that part in the book tonight as well. No, as many as are led by the Spirit of God and the Spirit himself bears witness, verse 16, with our spirits that we are the children of God. That means, you know, really the initial way that we know that we are born again, uh, well, is we believe what the Word says, but then we have the witness of the Spirit. His Spirit bears witness um, with our spirit that we are the children of God. In other words, if you look to the inside uh, and you're born again, you'll have a witness. God is my Father. I am His child. And uh, that is powerful. That is powerful. You've been brought into a brand new family. And uh, this family is not like an earthly family. This is a heavenly family. In other words, when I say it's not like an earthly family, there are aspects of it. And as your earthly family uh, walks in the love of God, if they're born again, then you'll experience heaven on earth right? That kind of love. I'm saying like uh, this, this kind of love is not selfish and self-centered. Mm -hmm. uh, this kind of love denies itself for the sake of the one that it loves. That's how um, Weiss translation actually says it. Denies itself for the sake of the one loved. And so this kind of love uh, goes contrary to the natural mind and goes contrary to the strong desires of the flesh. Because the flesh is like, you know, I'm going to step on you to get ahead. Uh, I got I to gotta preserve my dignity. I have to preserve my position. I have to, you know, pride basically. You know, in other words, I, I'm going to show myself above you. Uh, you know, and to do that, I'm going to, I'm going to put you down a little bit. No, that's not the love of God. I mean, if anybody could show themselves above us, it would be God. <laughs> but he said, no, I'm humbling myself and becoming as one of you. Yeah. And so I can reach you because I love you. And so love humbles itself and, and, and love, uh, you know, is graceful. And so love will, will condescend or come low and say, you know what, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep this high position, but I, I'm coming down and uh, I'm coming down because uh, you're valuable to me and you mean something to me. And that's exactly what God did. So um, he won't lead by prophets. And let me get my notes here real quick. I like where he said, um, I didn't write the page number that he said this down on, praise the Lord. <laughs> he said that the gifts of the Spirit do not operate on a continual basis, but on a consistent basis. And I think a lot of people think that the gifts of the Spirit are um, like, um, you know, if you had a plastic surgery and let's say uh, you had a problem with your ear and they remade your ear and so you got surgery and now they remade it the way you wanted it to be remade and now that's part of you. You have it all the time. Anybody sees you anytime if they can see your ear, they see the new form of the ear, right? Or the correct form of the ear if you had an accident or something like that. So like it's yours, you have it anytime you want or like uh, you buy a car and that's your car, you drive it anytime you want, you just go out, you make it do whatever you want it to do as long as it's mechanically functioning and uh, you know, like you have it. But no, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, they show up 
as God wills. They're manifested, the Bible says, as he wills. In other words, they come into the natural realm where they can be experienced and seen based on the will of God, not the will of man. And so, uh, you know, I don't own any of those gifts. You don't own any of those gifts. No one who claims to own any of those gifts owns those gifts unless the one claiming to own the gifts is God. And so um, they're manifested as he wills. And so um, they don't operate continually they operate consistently. In other words, if the Lord chooses to use you uh, in some of those arenas, uh, you may experience a consistent manifestation, but not a continual manifestation. And uh, that's where people make a mistake. They think, well, you know, talking there of the office of a prophet. Well, well, then there's a, the, the prophet sees all things and knows all things. Oh no, <laughs> Paul said, uh, we know in part and prophesy in part. And so uh, we just can do the part that we know. And uh, the Holy Spirit will give you what you need. You don't have to worry about, well, what if, what, if, what if this one's not and this one's not? Well, no, desire the spiritual gifts, uh, Paul said. Uh, and so these come through desire. How do you desire? First, you have to know that they exist. <laughs> you know, you have to be taught or, or learn, have knowledge of them. Uh, and then you seek after them, you desire them, and they'll manifest uh, more and more as you desire more and more. And you'll desire more and more as you know of them more and more. Um, he said, it wouldn't make sense for God to say he leads the sons of God by the spirit of God and then send us to someone else to find out his will. Right? Does that make sense? Uh, the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So go see so-and-so. No, somebody said, well, yeah, but a prophet led me. Well, I don't know that that's actually true uh, because you may think that a prophet led you, but if you check deep down and uh, the prophet was accurate, you'll find uh, that you already had something in your spirit from the Holy Spirit uh, concerning that, and the prophet may have confirmed that. Uh, and so it's not something that uh, prophets are supposed to be leading and guiding New Testament believers. They're there for... Um, exhortation, comfort, uh, and to help. Over here on page 61, he said, um, when a prophet speaks, the other, others are to judge. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 29. That doesn't mean that uh, we judge the prophet, but we're to judge what he says. And uh, think about it. He said, if the prophet doesn't have the capacity to make a mistake, why would you need to judge what he or she says, right? So, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be led by a prophet who makes mistakes. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. He doesn't make mistakes. So then the only opportunity to make a mistake in leading is my interpretation of what he says, right? Uh, otherwise, there's a, a possible problem with... Uh, the, ch the vessel that it's coming through because it's a perfect gift, but it comes through imperfect vessels, right? A perfect gift, but through imperfect vessels. Uh, that's humans, you and me. And so God will lead you and guide you. You have no need that any man teach you because the Holy Spirit will show you all things. So even that, even someone teaching you, you just check in your own spirit and see what the Holy Spirit is saying to you or what he's witnessing to you because... Um, Man, people have lost all their money. People have gotten into, made bad decisions for their family. They've moved to places all around the world or around the country uh, just because somebody supposedly heard from the Lord and said, this is what you're supposed to do. Well, that's a blessing if it bears witness with you, but if it doesn't, don't think about it again. Just put it on the shelf. You don't act based on that. You act based on the leading of the Lord. And um, you don't wanna follow 
a human, you want to follow uh, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and they'll speak to you through your spirit, by the Holy Spirit, their spirit speaking to your spirit. Acts 15.32, And Judas and Silas, being prophets, also themselves exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. This verse does not say that Judas and Silas gave everybody words and told them to do uh, what to do with their lives. No, it says they exhorted and confirmed. They exhorted and confirmed. Uh, Acts chapter 11, verse 27 through 30, he says, In those days the prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, uh, which also happened in, in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. And this they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. He, and he brought out the point that you notice that the prophet in here didn't put in his own direction. He just gave the message. He didn't say uh, there's going to be a famine, so everybody give. He just said there's going to be a famine. And they uh, decided, no, we need to give. Once they heard uh, the inspired word from God, then from their own spirits, they, they received that word so much so that they said, okay, we need to act. We need to do something. We need to sow and we need to provide. And so they were very gracious and, and they provided. The New Testament prophet is to bring information, not direction. In other words, it's important not to start off in the spirit and end up in the flesh. And that's many times what people do is they'll, they'll just begin inspired by the spirit of God, but they'll continue on and add their own thoughts and own things. And people do this privately and publicly sometimes. And so you always want to yield to the Holy Spirit. And when, you know, if he's inspiring you to say something and he kind of like um, stops inspiring you to say it, you might want to stop, right? In fact, I have a real uh, interesting uh, experience along this line. Melody and I were living in Michigan, ministering at a church up there. And uh, we were at home and um, praying together and uh, Melody got a uh, word from the Lord in tongues. And so she began to speak in other tongues. And uh, then uh, I gave the interpretation, if I recall this correctly, and then she spoke in tongues again. And uh, I gave the interpretation as I was given the interpretation. Uh, there was nothing there. I mean, well, I started and I said about one sentence or two sentences. And as I said it, just like I normally would, acted in faith. You know, these, these things uh, operate by faith. And so I yielded to what the Lord had put in me, just a few words and began to spoke those out, speak those out. And as I did, all of a sudden it was like, it'd be like going down a road and coming to a dead end and nothing's there. And I was like, man, I said, you know, it's manifested through imperfect vessels. I thought to myself, I am an imperfect vessel. And so I said, to Melody, I said, I apologize. I said, I don't know what happened, but it just stopped. Like there was no more inspiration, no more words. <laughs> she said, what'd you say? What'd you say? I said, I got nervous. It just stopped. She said, she said, I'm sorry. I got nervous and I just stopped. You know, she got in her head about it. In other words, she quit, act, quit acting in faith. 
right? And so she just stopped. And so she was giving the tongue out and it just abruptly stopped. And then when I gave the interpretation, it stopped just as abruptly as she had stopped. Well, you know, uh, you know, if you're trying to impress somebody or you think you own something or you have something or you have to perform, well, then you might, when it stops, you might just start making stuff up or something like that. And boy, I, 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 I would have great fear to ever do that. Not like God's going to snuff you out and hurt you and stuff like that. But man, uh, if you're yielding to the spirit of God, you need to yield to the spirit of God. And it needs to be from him and not you. It'll hinder other people and your own faith uh, if you're just kind of like uh, faking stuff. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we endeavor, not perfect, of course, but we endeavor to uh, always just um, yield to the Holy Spirit because you have no better friend and no better guide and no better answer than him. He always has the right way. And uh, sometimes our natural mind doesn't like the limitations of having to rely on him, but that's called faith, right? Mm -hmm. And so it is a blessing to live by faith because that means there's no pressure on you and there's no pressure on me. We look to him and such as I have, that's what I give you. And so that's why I say living by faith is such a rest and it's such freedom because you don't have to make stuff happen. You get to watch God do things just by simply looking to him, putting your trust in him and saying, okay, Lord, you work in this situation. I, I've done everything. I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't have done all this, right? <laughs> you should turn to the Lord first. And, um, but sometimes you find yourself where you did all this stuff and then you turn to him. And so the, the point is turning to him. Don't get so distracted on, well, I should have turned to him sooner. Well, okay, you did now, or if you didn't do it, right? So you just turn to him and you say, Lord, forgive me. I should have turned to you sooner. Man, when you turn to him in faith, he will answer you. Amen. You call to him and he will answer you. He has the answer for your situation, no matter how big or small you think it is. Don't, don't get your think, don't let your thinking and your reasoning overrule what the word of God says. He will lead you, he'll guide you, he'll take care of you. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he's always there for you. It's just a matter of paying attention to him, yeah. right? So thank the Lord. Let's go to God won't lead by prayer. It's 731. That's okay. We got a couple more minutes. God won't lead by prayer. Now, somebody, when you first read that title, it's kind of like, what? God won't lead by prayer? Why are we praying then? Well, because what you pick up in prayer uh, isn't always the leading of the Lord. Uh, he'll show you things and he'll speak to you, but it's not always his leading. Now he can lead uh, by the Holy Spirit speaking to you in prayer. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Uh, but you have to be led by the Spirit of God, not led by prayer. I've, I've had some experiences in prayer where you, you begin to uh, get become so conscious of the things of God and the things over in the realm where God lives, the unseen realm that you don't normally aren't as aware of when you're just living um, your daily life going through things. If you're not attentive to what he's saying, you know, Paul said, pray always. So you should always endeavor to be looking to the Lord and be conscious of him. And the more you do that, the more you'll be aware of what's happening in the realm of God. But sometimes you see things in the realm of God and you have to remember, I like that he brought this out because over the last, you know, two months, uh, especially it's been really, uh, uh, I've been really aware 
that we live in a temporal, temporary realm, the realm of time, okay? You know, it, time is, we're very time conscious and we need to be kind of time conscious because things happen in the world according to time. But we don't need that time consciousness to rule us. We need to be aware, but not like under the dominion of that. And so uh, the pressure of it. And so it's just, just I've been made uh, more aware, I guess, or it's been my attention, uh, it's caught my attention more than normal. Uh, that, you know, when you deal in the realm of God, you deal in the realm of eternity, of eternal things. And so when God speaks to you, he's speaking from eternity. Well, uh, you know, I've known a few ministers that uh, I've heard, and I, I want to say many, but probably most that I've heard that I respect, you know, they'll, they'll many times when they're first accept the call into the ministry, they'll catch glimpses and sometimes more than glimpses, they'll have like a great insight into the call of God upon their life or a phase of the ministry that they're called to. And yet I've noticed that many times they don't enter into it for 20 years. Well, uh, you know, of course there would be some cases because people were maybe unfaithful, but the people I'm thinking of, they were faithful. It just wasn't time for that yet, but they saw in the realm of eternity. And if they had tried to step out and make that come to pass or cause it to come to pass or think that it's coming to pass now, uh, well, first of all, you couldn't go very far doing that, listening to the Lord, uh, because the Lord, the Lord would witness to you. Okay. Just, just put that on the shelf. That's not for now. Uh, but a lot of times people get excited because you, you see the things of God and you see the plan of God. You catch glimpses of it. You're like, okay, great. Let's go do it now. Right. And, uh, you know, a thousand years is as a day with the Lord. And so, um, you know, for him, time is a lot different than for us. And he's outside of the realm of time. He sees time from the outside, not from the inside. We see it from the inside, not the outside. And so you can really make a mistake uh, by uh, picking something up in prayer and uh, thinking, okay, I'm supposed to act on that. And then even, even like he said, many times you'll pick things up in prayer just because you're picking it up in prayer doesn't mean it's for you. That's one thing I love about praying in the spirit is there is no distance in the, in, in the spirit in prayer. And you can pick up things uh, for people around the world. You know, I, I love the stories. Uh, if you've never heard them, I, di I didn't write one down for tonight, but uh, the stories of the missionaries many times overseas and uh, they're praying. I'm, th I'm thinking of a particular one where this guy was. Um, uh, well, actually, there's a story. Uh, I'll tell a story from the States, and that is uh, Brother Hagen's brother. He got really, really sick. And at that time, they didn't use the telephone because uh, it cost so much money. And if you're really young, you don't understand that. But anyhow, it costs so much money. And um, to make a long distance call. And so he was uh, praying. And when he was praying, he saw his brother in the hospital, in a hospital room. He saw a doctor in with his brother. And uh, he was standing in the hallway and the doctor came to him in the hallway. This is all <laughs> in prayer there. And um, the uh, doctor said to him, he's dead. And he said something to the effect of, he's not dead. And he's like, you think you know more than me? He's dead. I'm a doctor. He's dead. He's like, go, go. He brought him into the room and said, come look. And they pulled the sheet up and his eyes opened up. And the doctor said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I thought he was dead, you know. And um, later uh, when he came back home, he asked his brother. His brother said, hey, you know, 
some I almost died while you were gone. He's like, yeah, I know. It was this date at this time, and this is what happened. He said, that's exactly what happened. How did you know? Did mom tell you? And he's like, no. He said, I got it in, in the spirit, you know, in prayer. And so, and then, of course, countless missionary stories where you find out you're, you're interceding for somebody, and at that exact moment, once you compare notes, uh, they, they, uh, death had come upon them, you know, or uh, people were trying to kill them. And, uh, you know, the Lord used, used you, yielding to him, to pray out his will on the earth so that people uh, could be saved from destruction and from death. And so it's a, it's a tremendous blessing uh, to be used in prayer, but just because you pick something up in prayer, maybe you, maybe you pick up the name of a city or state or a country. And uh, if you're praying about the will of God, like, you know, uh, should I move here or there or wherever? And you pick that up. Well, you may, in, in prayer, all of a sudden you're like, okay, that's the answer. Well, even if you're asking for the answer, that's not the way to know that that's the answer just because it came up in prayer. You know, uh, I would ask the Lord, Lord, uh, why did that city come up? Am I supposed to do something with that? And then listen to what he says and follow what he says, because as many as are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. There's many, many um, rooms in the realm of prayer. When I say rooms, like you can go into a, a, a house or a large building, there are many different rooms and those rooms could be decorated similar, they could be decorated differently. And uh, you have access to some of the rooms and some of the rooms you don't have access to. And some places uh, in some houses are so big or like, you know, some facilities are so big, you could kind of get lost trying to find the room you're looking for. And so you kind of need a guide. And um, the Holy Spirit is our guide. And, uh, you know, kind of like a tour guide, you go to, you know, we've been to the White House a couple times and, um, you know, the if you get a good tour guide, they can really tell you a lot about a different room and what's going on. Although if you get too many people, they don't give you any hardly information, you know, they have a little bit that they know. And um, so it, it makes all the difference. And But the guide will tell you. And so our guide is the Holy Spirit and he will lead us and guide us. And if we have, uh, you know, uh, the wrong uh, impression, he'll let us know that. You know, I remember Brother Hagin was praying about um, the last church that he ever pastored and uh, as he was praying about that church because he said, I felt like in my spirit, he said, um, I just felt unsettled. Uh, and he described it this way. He said, I felt like I was washing my feet with my socks on. He said, you know, uh, something isn't right. You know, you're getting the job done, but something doesn't feel quite right. It just isn't like, you know, wait a minute, I'm trying to wash my feet and I'm washing my feet, but there's something not quite right about it, you know? <laughs> well, he had socks on, you know, he said, that's how he described it. And so that caused him to seek the Lord, like, Lord, what, you know, did you call me to pastor? What'd you call me to do? And the Lord said, well, no, I never, I, I never did call you to pastor uh, to begin with. And, but he allowed him to, and that was the will of God for him to pastor at those times. That's a whole nother message. I, I, you know, I don't want to get into that right now. Um, but not like he was sinning. He was following the leadership of the Lord. But actually, there comes a time when you enter a certain phases of the ministry. And after he pastored that church is when he entered his first phase of the ministry that he was called to. And the Lord told him, he said, many ministers live and die and never enter into even the first phase of the ministry that they're called to. So anyhow, I didn't, I'm not going to go too far there. So he was praying and the Lord said, I never did call you a pastor to begin with. So he said, I should have asked the Lord, then what did you call me to? But he said, I didn't. 
he said, I thought, well, if I'm not a pastor, I'm just an evangelist because at that time, that's all they knew. There was either, you were either, if you're called to the ministry, you're either a pastor or you're an evangelist. So he said, well, I'm an evangelist. So he said, I set out. In other words, he heard this in prayer. So then I set out to be an evangelist. And he said, I fell flat on my face. Well, what's going on? Because, you know, I'm in prayer. I heard from God. And so here's what I do. Well, because he wasn't being led by the Spirit of God, because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So then he sought the Lord and said, well, okay, well, what's going on? Because you said this and, you know, this is what I thought. And, you know, he realized he put his own interpretation on it. And so uh, you have to be real careful uh, putting your own interpretation on the things of God. In fact, he says here on page 65, you cannot afford to add your own interpretation to what you have seen and heard in prayer without the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then um, I wanted to read you this story. We'll probably just, uh, we'll just uh, finish with this one for tonight. This is on page 66. And, um, you know, we can, we're going to greet each other after this. And maybe if you want to talk a little bit about some of this, we could do that as well. But um, I want to make sure we get a chance to say hi. And so page 66, uh, about halfway through the page, he said, let me give you another example of how we cannot be led by prayer. We were getting ready to start a Demata school in a certain nation, which is basically, it's a, it's a, a spirit-filled Bible school um, in a certain nation. And God had shown us exactly who was supposed to run the school for us. Yet another man called us up and said, I want to help you. Great, I said, uh, we'll take all the help we can get. What do you want to do? Right? And somebody calls you for help, you're like, yay, this is great. Uh, he said, I want to oversee a school for you. I can't make any promises right now, I said. I'll have to hear from heaven. I can't make promises, I'll have to hear from heaven. Wait, he said, I've got a school in my heart already and I've been praying about this school for months. So this wasn't even just a one-time thing. He'd been praying about it for months and he named the nation. I hate to tell you, but I've been praying that out for two years. I already know who's supposed to run it, I said. The guy was so disappointed, he called a couple of years later about another school in another country and the same thing happened. Actually, he had prayed about the right country, but the wrong person. That happens a lot to people. The person is sensitive enough to pick up a certain amount in prayer, but doesn't stick with it long enough for the Holy Ghost to provide the who, what, where, when, and how. So often a person gets a word or a place in prayer, but adds his own interpretation to it. There's only one person who has all the answers. He knows everything about your life, where you've been, where you are, and where you're going. He knows what will bring you success in every area of life. He knows where traps and pitfalls are laid out in front of you. He knows what direction you need to go next. He knows every turn and adjustment in your course that you need to make. The whole point is this. Pray often, pray a lot, but don't be led by what you pick up in prayer. Be led by the Holy Ghost. Everything comes down, skip it down. Everything comes down to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Uh, if it's not quite, it's not right. I think that's a Keith Moore quote. <laughs> and um, so it, he said, you know, this guy, if he would have prayed more or prayed longer, he would have gotten who, who the person was. And many times that's the case. You pick up just a little bit and then you just want to run with it. And sometimes, I don't know about that particular uh, individual, but sometimes people, 
It is so fun to be used of the Lord. And sometimes people have such a desire to be used of the Lord, they pick something up in prayer, they think that must be for me because their perspective is all me, me, me. And so this guy may have even been in that case where he picked this school up in prayer and he's praying. Maybe he was also praying about what he's supposed to do in life. He's like, well then, well then that must be me. That must be me. But no, the real man or woman of God who walks with God is always constantly reaching out for God and what God has to say and not putting their own interpretation on what God has to say. In other words, you're living by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by what God says to us and how God leads us, what he reveals to us, not by what we see, feel, and think. Uh, and so it's so important to stay yielded to the Lord and like I said before, it takes all the pressure off because he'll set you up and he'll put you in the right place at the right time. He'll bring you before the right people. He'll make the right things come to pass. When you know that you're acting on what he said to you, like if he says to you, go to this place and you know his spirit led you to do that and he said it, well, then you have faith to stand there. But if you just know, well, I prayed out this certain place or I prayed out that, like this guy, I prayed about this school in this area and he had the witness of that in there. And then he's then putting his own interpretation saying, well, because I had the witness and I was praying it, I must be the one that's supposed to go do it. And um, uh, many times that's not the case. And so I could go so much more into that and give you some more examples, but it's 746, so I'm late. Praise the Lord. The word is good and the Lord is good. And I thank you so much for joining us tonight. We love you so much. And we look forward to seeing you uh, here on the Zoom call in just a, a, well, they'll probably start it right away. They can post the link up there if they haven't uh, posted it already. And um, we look forward to seeing you in a few minutes. They'll be there right away. So you can just uh, hop over there and get on there. Let me pray with you as we go. Father, we thank you for every person that can hear this or see this. Father, we thank you for technology, modern technology, that we can still worship together, be together in spirit, even though in body we're separate. Father, we thank you that your word goes forth. We thank you uh, for the voice of your spirit, leading us, guiding us, strengthening us, that you are the help and the strength of our our life that with you all things are possible if we just believe father I thank you that you made us believers you gave us the ability to believe the ability to follow you that we don't follow the voice of a stranger but we follow your voice father I pray for every person that can hear this that will be more attentive uh, to what you're saying to us in our spirits that will not miss a step yeah. and that will not be full of anxiety and pressure but we'll just throw all that off on Jesus and will allow you uh, uh, to make us who you want us to be. Put us in the position you want us, Father, that we are here to serve you and we get to be your children and we get to follow you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.